keep going. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Keep Going. In this episode, we cover basically shoe porn. We talk a lot about shoes, kind of discuss a little bit about what might be a field guide to the human foot or a field guide to the running shoes. Um, we bounce between the 90s and our experience, John and I's experience is working, you know, coming up in the running industry and then working at Runtex through the 90s and early aughts and then the shift when he and I um, worked together at Rogue. And uh, that's kind of the background sort of set between what we're talking about here. But really, it all gets kick-started by the running event, which is this huge event that happens every December in Austin, Texas, where all the various shoe brands and shoe companies come and show their wares. And it's a really cool event. It's really fun to be a part of. Um, All the retailers in the country come and see what the different shoe brands have for the next year, what they're considering buying, what is new, what's interesting. And Michael was at the event, obviously, because he is one of those shoe companies. Um, And uh, he got to poke around a little bit and see what was coming up and what was going on. So we talk about that. And of course, in typical keep running, keep going fashion, we um, wander about. At one point in time, Michael says, um, gosh, guys, I'm so sorry for derailing us. We have now gone further afield than we have in any other episode. And having basically been curating these over the last eight weeks, I can tell you, no, that's not true. We don't go any further afield than we do on all the other ones because we are always going pretty far afield. But again, you know, we have fun doing this. This is a fun project. And um, I believe next week, don't quote me on this. It might be next week or the next week after that. Um we will be bringing you an episode that's more up to date. Um, this episode was cut in early December. And um, what we've been, because Michael has been on a tour of the West Coast with, with Atreyu and getting announced and pushed into the REI stores in those locations, he was out doing the thing. And so we have not recorded in four or five weeks and we are super excited to get back together So I have a feeling that what we may do is um, save these additional four or five episodes that we have in the can for future um, consumption when we have dropped weeks or when one of us can't be around or available. So I don't know if that's going to happen next week or the week after that, but that's what I'm going to be pushing for. And um, I think that will kind of catch us back up to speed for um, where Keep Going is at, at least in the day to day. We knew that Michael was going to be doing this big trip and he would be gone for an extended period of time. So we got a bunch of episodes in the can um, just so that we could keep our momentum going and keep rolling, which I think we have. So some other things we talk about in this episode, we talk about um, foundations and fundamentals. I have a question about what those things are. And it turns out that then John starts talking more about training fundamentals and what are the foundations of training, which was a really interesting conversation. And we kind of went through that. And then we talked a little bit about running by effort, and I made the bold statement that I could, I could help anyone get back to that first marathon feel um, by running by effort. So anyway, again, we, we, we go many different directions. We have a lot of fun with this episode, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode that we're bringing to you, which we've called 
a half-decent pair of shoes. Enjoy. You know, John, what was the topic this week? I, I can't remember now. <laughs> but what I was... <laughs> I like starting like this. I, it's, it's right, fun. So I, I needed to get some, like, I needed to get that conversation out of the way. Yeah, we missed each other last week I for know. Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah, we took Thanksgiving off, and I've been, uh, if, you, if you heard the, the, the acronym TRE, it's the running event, it's a big expo, it's here in town in Austin, Texas, and... All of the great minds in the industry in terms of footwear kind of get into a room and get to meet each other. And uh, it's it's like the runway of shoes. And it's pretty fun. So I, if, if, if you and heard John's, me kind of being pensive about it, it's because I just left the expo floor yesterday. <laughs> and, John's, and, and John's having serious withdrawal symptoms. When yeah, you texted yesterday. John's a, it's a kid in a candy store. For yeah, John. you were like, I don't even want to think about going there. It breaks my heart. <laughs> Does. And yeah. I hated I hated the the running event. It was always a stressor. Yeah, because we were retailers and we needed to go, and then we had to, um, we were supposed to talk to all these people. And I fundamentally, you know, in the arts, I mean, I was like, the, nothing's happening in shoe wear. Like this is the right. biggest waste of time. I mean, I remember Skechers was the coolest thing. Like when Skechers came I out and they and they totally <laughs> broke and they they broke the model and they broke the mode and they everybody was like, "What the fuck? This is yeah. never going to work." And I was like, "Watch this shit! Yeah. <laughs> they they've got a seventy dollars shoe that works like a like works amazing. It's, it's so just going to totally mess with everybody's heads." You know, it's just it's, which year was that and which model was it, John? Oh, there that was fourteen. Mm-hmm. That was was that was that the Meb version when they kind of well yeah they had to obviously once Meb won Boston they had you know to capitalize on that and so then the the first the first shoe I think I got was Meb's racing flat mm-hmm. to to wear test and I was like oh. it and it sat on my shelf the, for a long time I was like I'm not it's a sketch the price thing. point wasn't that high was it. I can't remember what it, no it was like 120 or yeah. something you know, that's the elite shoe yeah I whole. can't even all the numbers and everything have disappeared from my head but I at the time was like I'm not going to try a Skechers shoe I'm just not going to do it <laughs> and I had received a couple other Skechers shoes you know and like you know I'm, I appreciate what they're doing and then I tried that shoe and I was like okay I'm in hundred percent I'm in. Um, I love all the energy and the excitement of TRE and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I, I love being around a whole bunch of other people who are excited about going out for a run and trying this stuff and everything. And I re- like when I, I, I think on Monday I realized it was TRE week and I was just like, Oh, I want to be there so bad, you know, and I'm telling I, you the but, year, but then the I, year's going to be next year. Then I had to go to, you would have had fun Central this year market for shopping, but the year, <laughs> the year is next year. And it's because we will see the tennis racket thing that you guys are talking about. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's got so much pent up energy well, and you, people you are going to have to figure out how to sell shoes. I really year. haven't followed 
the running shoe market trajectory in the last couple of years the way I used to just because of, yeah, I was focusing on other stuff. But what I have seen is that things are moving in one direction in that foams are getting fatter, you know, midsoles are getting fatter. Um, there's lots of plates because it's cool and exciting but I don't know if that is what it's almost like we're, you know, obviously technology starts at the top, right? Like F1, mm-hmm. you know, your Toyota Corolla probably somewhere has something <laughs> that's trickled down from F1. Yeah. But um, the people I'm most interested in getting excited about running shoes are the people who run like three miles a day. Oh, and they don't too much. That's, yeah. And they don't know anything about it. They don't know it. it. They don't they don't know. It. They, and I'm they, not going to put them in a 40 millimeter high plated shoe or what, you know what I mean? And or even without. To even a with that, extent. it's just it's like a, how do you learn how to run if you don't feel feel the ground you know this first, is, you know. Well, it's, like, uh, I remember getting in the Newton Fates and it changed the way I was prior to like you know, running for the yeah. love of it. Like I was running, I was the guy that was like, I don't run because I get shin splints. Right. I was that guy. Yeah. Like I don't fucking run shin splints. Yeah. And then, you know, Newton comes around and has these lugs and all of what, to me it was just like a, that was a cool like slap in the face. Like, Hey, it didn't say four foot running was better than right. anything else, but it did say, take a look at something other than the shin splint. Take right. a look at, film yourself do your thing like kind of work on your stride try different things start slow that was the first shoe that i ever thought that i had to start with like 15 minutes yeah. before going back to the old like yeah. like try this it's yep. a, it was the it was the mechanics of trying something different like kind of uh, adapting yep. and uh, taking a look at the stride was yep. the first time that ever happened but there's an exact example earlier we were talking about how the 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 explosion in tech this site what you noticed at tre was that the upswing from 2019 and the pandemic and then coming into 21 and 22 you're now seeing um incredible product design incredible technology incredible engineering engineering and investment into the engineering yeah and your concern is that how is the everyday average consumer going to be able to figure out how to use this appropriately and properly but you just described how newton did it now of course they were very specialty and they were in very much specialty stores they were not at dick's last dick's last resort or or academy or or any other those play or no they were very specialized but they did go through an education model it was an education model and and you and you knew you had a problem i get chin splints and so i'm not a good runner right but i'd like mike to do it so where did you go first education Education, because that's the way that it works and then you knew that there were probably going to be some dudes or girls who were at a particular shop who would know more than you did yeah and then you go to those places and they they and I can return in. the shoes? What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They don't work? What does that mean? <laughs> you know, so I think there's a model for what you're talking about, the need for education for, for, for the average consumer to kind of catch up. Um, and then there's a model for it as well. So there, there's also a, 
already existing within it uh, a model that people are trying to figure out what the fuck is going on with the cheater flies, right? So that's been out there for a long time. So there's this wait in the past, maybe a uh, technology might be necessary for me and my specific biomechanics. But post 2017, 18, whenever it was, it's now without that technology, I'm at a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. I'm 5% or 3% behind my competitor. When I was just doing athlete one-on-one meetings, we have California International this weekend in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. And uh, a guy did his last, his final prep workout and his um, training partner in California was doing it at the same time they were doing it together. And he chose to go no equipment and real bare bones and she went with all her race gear you know um, many times i talk as a coach about doing both and doing things at different times there's not there's no real guaranteed order that how that's supposed to happen they just happen to be showing up for the same workout differently and she is slower than he is by five to ten minutes over a course of a marathon and she helped she was catching him in the second half of the workout and he was like it's the shoes and i'm like what (laughs) (laughs) for a second i'm kind of like hey he's got a valid point because like even i'm roped up in it because everybody's saying it's the shoes and and i'm like well let's just say maybe she's having a good day that might be a that might be an original initial place to start like somebody's having a good day or they're in a different spot for sure that's going to make a difference but what yeah, <laughs> um, I'm 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 curious, guys. Like, since this episode is probably pretty much going to be footwear related and industry related, since <laughs> we're down we, that track, yeah. um, like, what? Keep what, going. Let's. What, <laughs> so, f- for an idiot like me who like has been in the running world forever, but has always been a bit of a luddite when it comes to yeah. gear, like, tell me why I should care. Like, when it comes to footwear, like. Other than it just, like, because I'm an old school run bum who's like, throw them on my feet, they fit, I don't trip, I've right. got cush, and I and I've, everybody's got a little bit of a different desire space, but if I walked into a year guys' shop, you know, like, Michael and John's speed shop, right? What... What are you guys gonna? What are you guys gonna tell me? Like, what do you? What are you guys gonna? How are you gonna convince me that the twenty dollars? Not that necessarily you're gonna go down the price point right. game, but how are you gonna educate me about that? Like, like I know that most of the people that are gonna be listening to this episode are already, like, they're already hip to the stuff we're talking about. But I think this is really interesting information because you've got three people who are who have been embedded deeply into this for a very long time. Right. And while Michael hasn't been deeply embedded for a very long time, he's been deeply embedded in a very deep way. Intense. More deep than maybe you're and I years and years Ever, of experience yeah. with that. So I don't know how we want to work this, but maybe it is a little bit of like, you know, an education. Like what, what is it that an education would need to be considering when it comes the, to folklore? The fundament, when I was working on the shoe floor, remember we tried to codify, there was a whole time we tried to codify like a, not a sales pitch, but what we were delivering what we were educating the you know anybody who walked through the door and the fundamental principles of what you need in a running shoe haven't changed the technology around it all has and you know it's all top down and so 
the you know the fundamental conversation doesn't change like the running your running shoe has to be an extension of your leg just like your foot is it has to feel like it's part of your anatomy you know what i mean when you're running it you really shouldn't notice the shoe it shouldn't cause your toes to go numb yeah right? yeah. yeah you shouldn't yeah mm-hmm. there shouldn't be any acute pain you know what i mean it and i think a lot of that like is that's just not sexy to talk about, right? Talking about a shoe that um, can make you run a 5K five minutes faster just by putting the shoe on is huge. So you like, <laughs> you know what I, I mean? mean? When, it, when that <laughs> shit came down the pike, for me, I'm like, first of all, it's bullshit. I couldn't believe that it could even fundamentally be true yep. and then I started thinking oh it's just mimicking the plantar oh yeah. well I've got a plantar that won't fail I've got a bionic plantar right. oh wait a second yeah. this is a game changer yeah. like, like it is I remember the first thing I first time I saw it and that people were talking about it I was like oh this is a blade you stop thinking this about is, the lever this is, and, piece, yeah. this is Oscar Pistorius when you watch him on the track pre-murder, um, he was able to compete with some of the best eight, best 400 meter runners in the world because he had um, tech that they didn't have that never broke down. And he wasn't a phenomenal athlete. Let's not get it twisted. No. Not many people could have put on stilts and run 44 seconds in right. stilts. but. Still, he had a huge advantage. There was never going to have a problem with his with his lower below, below the knee. Everything was going to be just fine. So it's like once I understood that, I'm like, okay, we well, do have that. Like it, it was, but that's how much of a shock it was to me, John. Yeah. Like I was like not believing that it was possible that there could be anything that could give somebody a three to five percent improvement. And then yeah, I did the math a little bit, and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. And I don't think people who have started running since the you know, the Vaporfly, the whole Nike um, innovative explosion can even understand what it was like in 2005 to 2010 when it's a nothing new under the sun. Well, all the all the technologies up till now, whenever there was a technology that was big enough that it got written up in the New York Times or whatever, when it was EVA when it was airbags, right? Medial posts. Um, lack thereof. Lack thereof. Uh, you know, or, yeah. or lack thereof of any technology going right. into five to ten. The, which is yeah. Dual density. The, the, minimal, Dual de- the yeah. minimalism thing. And now, so there's... Or you know, barefoot. Remember or barefoot? barefoot? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. So there's the technology, whole... let's get rid of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the new technology. And <laughs> it's now the technology is the foam and the lever, right? And the, well, maybe not lever, but the people who are seeing this for the first time, that's what they believe running shoes are, right? Brooks Ghosts and (laughs) Nike Pegasus and all that stuff. Obsolete. Well, they're lifestyle shoes, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically looking at them like, oh man, oh. you know. And so <laughs> that and I don't need a, I don't need a. It's like, no, these are proper running shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I see people walking around the domain 
in vapor flies, right? That's Come my on. favorite. That's my favorite. Yeah. You know, just chilling in their race yeah. flats. You know, it's like I want to pick that pocket. Yeah, yeah. get some money in that wallet. <laughs> yeah, but it's and I think the education part is always the most important part. You know, you don't you don't have to give someone a dissertation on foam densities before you sell them a pair of shoes. You just need to let them know the the fundamental job of the shoe. That's it. But there's nothing sexy about that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part. Well, let's. What is the fundamental job of the shoe? Well, all the number one to be shod, to be shod. All the air, the airbags, the EVA, and all that stuff. Remember, all of those were under the guise of some sort of of protection, right? And now the technology is faster. Sometimes to the neglect of the health of the foot, right? Um, Especially early on, those vapor flies when they first came out, people were on the. I had an athlete on the track doing his last prep for a race uh, on the track with a vapor fly or whatever fly it was, whatever the first one was. And his, he, he was ruined. He, yeah. he couldn't even go to his race because it was too soft a surface to be on that shoe doing yeah. what he was doing and his body just couldn't handle it. Yeah. It was crazy. Well, you, you know, if, I mean, think about it. If you're going to lock the foot, a lot of other muscles have to take up that slack, right? Mm-hmm. When, you know, you change anything in a bio, in the biomechanical chain, everything else on that chain on the chain absorbs that, and that's like, you know, the shoes are cool. Yeah, they work. They're legitimate. All that stuff. But I'm just concerned now that a lot of shoe like daily trainers have plates and stuff, and it's just like it's completely unnecessary. Complete, and not only is it unnecessary, I think it's unwise. Because if you're going to sell that to someone who's coming in, and like, I've been running two miles every other day for about a year, and I think I want to start running more, and you load them up on a plated shoe, it like, their body's going to, like, all the beginning running injuries are all, they're all going to show up at one time. Yeah, and they didn't get a chance to load. <laughs> right, to, to right. get loaded in an appro- what we might consider an appropriate yeah. way. Which I wonder, too, is like... Um, Loading is a huge educational point. It's a huge I point. Think, I think that if you were going to build a field guide, you would, you would go... You would talk about... You would, you would talk about the transaction of the loading rate on a stride when running, and you would talk about... Um, Yeah, I mean, those are those are the two those are the two things that I would that I would that I would have to understand. Sorry for that. No, I mean, no, no, it's no. fascinating. It's, it's you know, in the end, if you have someone coming in who's new, because it's important, it dictates everything. Someone who's coming in is new. The goal for both of you, right? The person working the floor and that person. The goal is to get them running as long as they can is to have them show back up in the shop yeah that's the owner of the store wants that the real the re, the the sell the shoe company wants that yeah. everybody wants them to keep healthy and keep showing up yeah they if if this person continues to run the longer they continue to run chances are the more they're going to enjoy it and maybe they'll decide 
you know, they're going to run every day instead of every other. Or and they whatever. need more nutrition because now they're going to run a marathon. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it's, I mean, it's, it's just the way things are. We just load all this technological information, right? Somebody who's coming in and running two miles a day, they don't need a 64-ounce Camelback or a, uh, a six-water, six-bottle belt. You know what I mean? <laughs> Weighted vest. You know, it's just it, there's all the and I, give me the like, Get them to enjoy running first before you get them to enjoy the technology. Yeah, the technology is always ex post facto. You know, um, but you know, technology is what sells right now. So I don't know. I, I do you think our store would be successful? Well, you know, I think Ro- Rogue was. Rogue was hopping and we like almost to a salesperson tried to undersell one. We had a dedicated, you know, consumer base for sure. Yes, we did. But the, we knew that if we like, if we undersold, we were more likely to get them to come back for the other stuff than if we loaded stuff up front and then had to do exchanges and returns and it's and and the consumer the the runner felt like they were part they they got the real education i don't know if we even had a uh insole wall we We did we did originally (laughs) we did originally and that that sort of i mean we we just saw them as not necessary and unessential and essential and you know problematic there were there were how'd you get your attachment rates You know, Come it's, on. it's just um, one out of every five shoes needs an insole. <laughs> yeah, you well, don't get to work here. It's it's talking about the fundamentals <laughs> in the same way that you would with coaching. When someone says, "Okay, so you have on the schedule, you've written two 60 minute easy runs this week. So what zone is that? I'm like, if you can have a full conversation when you're on this run, then you did it right. I don't care what your heart rate is. I don't care what your zone is. I don't pace per kilometer, pace per mile, it doesn't matter. The fundamentals remain the same. All this stuff just gets built up around them and it just kind of, it kind of obscures the, the essence and the rules of thumb. I hate that term, rules of thumb, I don't know why, but it's, you know, like, running has now, like, people come into running now as a way of training. Right. When people started in the late 60s and early 70s and when Shorter won the Olympic marathon and jogging became running, it it was more like an exploration because there weren't as many competitions. You know, you had maybe a couple races you could do a year. So it wasn't like now you're immediately shoved into training when you start running rather than getting the running down before you can train. Oh, that's really interesting. You know what I mean? Maybe that's why I was successful at it. Could be. Because I didn't train. I was just running yeah. every day. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I would just go out and run for an hour. Yeah. In the middle of the day, because I like the heat. Yeah. That's well. It was a very pleasant experience, too. In the second, those first few years of training are, are wild and awesome and yeah. exciting. But it's almost like a drug that you can't get twice like you you, no. you can't you can't redo your first marathon over and over it's, it, i disagree 100 percent. 
this is a project I'm working on that I'm, I'm convinced I have the keys to the kingdom here. Do tell. <laughs> it's oh, no. Effort, oh, it's, shit. It's, I'm actually looking to get... I'll put it on the record. Take, I, I'm looking to get stoked again yeah, on a new watch race. Off. Take the watch off. Dude. It's the, it's the answer to everything because you can no longer use... You, ha- you have to go... So it's beginner's mind. You have to go back to the beginning and anybody who's using a watch as an interface, they're playing a video game. Mm-hmm. They're literally yeah. not running. They're playing a video game. Because they're trying to use the watch to predict where they're at, not their body to tell them where, where the are. watch reinforces it. Yep. And I, I wouldn't take a watch away from people forever. In fact, I would like them to keep it but I don't think there's a lot of people with Garmin's or these really high-tech geekometers that have the ability to 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 not reference it. Well, it's but it's, you want it's you, hard. Yeah, it, it is. It's like you get that, you know. It's a every time you loop. look at the yeah, every time you look at the watch, you're like, I'm okay. It's a feedback loop. Yeah. But it's but it's an in but it is a video game. Yep. It is not a real feedback loop. Yeah. It's a feedback loop that's based on some algorithm that's being generated from a satellite in the sky that is not really accurate. Just look at anybody that runs a mile on the track. Four laps around the track. Wait, I have to keep running. It's not a mile yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, other than yeah. nine meters, that nine it's meter, different. Yeah. Right. But people will tell me, my, you know, I had a, it was really, really kind of screwed up because the track was off. I was like, no, it wasn't. Your track wasn't off. It's 1,600 meters. I guess it's like you're, 400 I guess meters. you're right about that because, because in the first races, though, you, I, don't have, I don't have a standard for what's excellent. Right. Even if I'm wearing a watch, which is, which is nice. So it's nice to have... To, to, you're to, free. You're, you're free even if, with the metrics. After that... It is now. It's now. It's a comparison. If you choose to make it off of that first race, so that's where I'm saying. Like in the beginning, I ran for two, three years without a watch, without um, races, and yep. it was absolutely lovely. Yep. So I think that I can, I can, I can understand what you're saying. And and now if I, I want to bring... find it into racing, though, no, you bring the watch back. It's not that you're divorced from the watch for forever. Is that you bring it back after you've taken a little bit of a break from it, yeah. and you've developed some kind of internal calibration. You, un- you is... understand how to use it as um, less of a guide and more of um, confirmation. Yeah, and that's what, how you use you it. Yeah. And that's what the next step is. The next step is you, before you look at the watch, you predict what you think you just did. So I would even have the athlete have it on that one, one mile blip so that it blips. But the blip now, instead of me immediately going to looking at my watch, right. the blip says, what was that? 735. Right. Look at it. 642. Oh, shit, I'm way off. Okay, but no big deal. No big deal. Or 842. No big deal. Now just go back and try to find it again. And then eventually, I have had this happen with people. They're like, oh, my God, you gave me my running back. Like, I got it back. Now, not many people do it because it's so hard to do. And that's why I'm like, I think a fast is good. I think a little bit of a watch fast is good. Or at least a geekometer fast. Yeah. And it's just give yourself that little window of time to sort of see that there's something else out there beyond that immediate reference. Um, but it does require like someone seeing 
it does require somebody like Michael coming to it and saying, I'd love to find that joy again. Well, it's in beginner. It is. This is the great, all the great traditions of the world, all great religious traditions of the world. What do they tell us? Go back to being a beginner. Yeah. At the fundamental, at the end of the day, all the fundamentals are exactly the same. Just go back to being a beginner. And if you go back to being a beginner, you get to redo it all over again. Yeah. And, you know, just ask people who go from hardcore marathoning and they get on the trails. I mean, that, they are some of the happiest people I have ever met in my life. And they almost never go back to the same attitude when they right. go back to the road. They yep. are always now more fluid and flexible and less absolutely driven to the metric, the number at the back of my name, the finish line time is yeah. the crucial critical thing and it must be better than it was before. The, that is, that's a really important thing I think to focus on when you're talking to a lot because everybody's so hardwired for data and all those numbers, they, I mean, this sounds like a really pedestrian way to describe it, but all those numbers, they get in the way. Ultimately, they just get, they, they, they take up space in your brain that you don't need to be using when you're going out for a run. You just don't. The way I started sort of applying that was on easy runs, I'd say, okay, let's say you have a 45 minute run. So you can, how far do you go in 45 minutes? Well, generally about five miles. Okay, so today you're either gonna run five miles without a watch on, and you're just gonna do your five mile loop, or you're gonna run for 45 minutes just using a stopwatch. Correct. And you're not gonna pay attention to how far you went. You can either record it in minutes or you can record it in miles, but you can't do both. And you can't put the two together. And that's just, it's just, it's, it's. Uh, that's uh, fundamentally what I'm saying. Yeah, I was totally agreeing going, yeah. yeah, you have to. And then there are certain workouts where like, uh, there's one I used to do on Zilker you know, I think on the in the inside loop of Zilker is a little over a mile, correct? It's two K. Two K? Okay. I know the road Oh the road is two K. The road is two K. But 2K. on the grass it is a it is a right at a mile. Yeah. Just a little shy. But yeah. And I would put um cones randomly around the perimeter of Zilker. You know, some would be a hundred meters, some would be two hundred and fifty meters, you know, whatever. And all right, there's no watch and you're just going to go Change from gears. fast to slow mm -hmm. and you're going to do three laps and that, and that's just it. And, um, it's just a really good way for them to learn to gauge effort, particularly on grass, which is even harder. Um, and it, and it also adds an element of fun mm -hmm. if you present it that way. And it, it just, it, Ultimately, people are like, yeah, okay, I think I, you know. I'm also amazed, John, that, that there's so few people who really understand what a fart lick is. Yeah. And when you, if you, somebody's like, what's the perfect workout? I'm like a three, two, one fart, fart lick, other than a steady run. A yeah. steady run's pretty perfect, but, yeah. or a 10 mile steady, like that's yeah. about as good as it gets. But I mean, 
a three, two, one fart lick where you go three minutes and then get a three minute jog and then you do two minute with a two minute jog and a yep. one minute with a one minute jog and you each Start one up. of those is faster than the one before yep. it and the short the rest gets shorter and shorter and then all of a sudden you're back to three mi- three minutes and you're like, why yep. I can't do that? You, yeah. You're re- really required immediately to like do that. I mean, I used to do that my first workout when I coached at UT in the spring, I mean in the fall, every year cross country would go to Zilker and we would do three, two, one fart lick yep. and they hated it. Yeah. It's like, and I would give them a chance. I'd be like, okay, those of you didn't do your shit due to the summer, you get a two two reps through. It's super easy. It's yeah. twenty four minutes, but thirty six minutes is hard to do that. Like yeah. that 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 last one. But fartleks are such a great way to detach from this um, factor of being obsessed with your time. How did we get from? We're going to talk about educating the shoe wear to fartlek. <laughs> I do. Literally, we we are we are we we are the three most. God damn it! It's six, it's six, I, six degrees of fartlek. Every conversation somehow can come back to fartlek. In my head, I'm thinking, how did I derail this conversation by just talking about TRE in the very beginning? Because John had three great topics. I don't even remember what and they I, are. I felt so stupid by derailing it, but no, then no, I'm no, thinking no, no, no. the whole time, and I'm like. People are going to love this. I love these episodes. Because this is the kind, this simulates the coffee talks that John and I were having. (laughs) I would leave them and be like, we talked about everything in one conversation. Nothing at all. (laughs) But I do think that if if I'm putting myself into the listener's seat here, I'm thinking, wow, that's a wild ride. I'm kind of getting a lot of everything right now. These are what you call the, like the accoutrement episodes where it's like, ah. it's a grab bag, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a funny one. Well, yeah, I, like, I, over the last few weeks, I've been writing down all the fundamental things that I remember learning from running. Like, the things that either someone told me, or I read, or heard, or whatever. Or there's really nothing that I've picked up on my own, right? But. It's every artist is a cannibal. Every poet is a thief, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And all the really basic, some of the basic stuff has to change now because of, you know, it was 45 years ago. Somebody said this, like Joe Veal said, eat like you're poor. When he said that eating like you're poor meant you weren't eating a ton of meat. You're eating mostly rice, beans, vegetables, no fast food because you couldn't afford it. Now it means Popeyes. <laughs> yeah, now it means like Fritos and yeah, it's so flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> yeah. And so those things are that has I still think of that as one of like if I talk about nutrition, that's the first thing that pops into my head every single time. Eat like you're poor. And now it also there's like, you know, it that like if I said to someone eat like you're poor, They'd be like, you'd be, you'd be canceled. They'd be like, what are you talking, you know, but, um, those I've been compiling those kind of things and they, the, at the fundamental level, a lot of that stuff has, would have to be repackaged, you know, 45, 50 years later, because the new generations just, it wouldn't, they, they don't have the historical context to go with it. So interesting because I've been working on a project where I keep trying to think of what are the fundamentals. Yeah. And I've got this weird thing in my head between foundations and fundamentals and they're different. Yeah. And they seem to be different, but I'm sometimes I struggle to really distinguish the two. You know, fundamentals seem to be like the 
the bottom, like the principles of like what you were talking about, right? Essential principles, right? And then foundation, fundament. Those are fundamentals, and foundations are the things that the building blocks of it. Like you got to run them a couple miles in a row, right? You got to keep it easy. Okay. You got to okay, right. Whereas the fundamental is um, good biomechanics, or you know. But it's really confusing. Like it's a. Isn't it interesting? Is fundamentals more like the application of the fundamental? Wait. It could be. Foundation. Foundation is the application. Well, foundation, I kind of always think, is, okay, it's the, it's the ground level, right? It's right. the thing that's happening. The foundation is the thing that's holding the scaffolding up. So if I want to do six times a mile at my 10K pace, uh, what are the foundation? What is the foundation of that <laughs> what it has to happen those are almost metrics where yeah it's like you have to be able to put together x amount of miles at some point in time or yeah i mean I, I even have looked around at other people in other industries talking about foundations and fundamentals and um you know the super cool buzzword these days is first principles so maybe that's a better place to go is like what oh, are yeah. first principles right, right? but um i'm curious so what are a couple others of these ones that you have been thinking about well like in nutrition doc you know coach feel right he's a doctor but i think coach is okay for him um, oh yeah for sure and then stuff about the shoes mm -hmm. and the stuff that we wrote down at rogue 14 years ago or mm -hmm. whatever um you know the shoe really should disappear on your foot it should be an extension of your leg you think cetera, that holds true still yeah absolutely absolutely both of yeah. you absolutely oh, yeah. okay yeah we haven't entered an era of... No, no. Because We've entered that era, but we're not... But it still doesn't change that the fundamental is incredibly yeah. important. Yeah. I mean, I because think our first conversation, Michael, was me railing about the about the plates and the shoes and planners not being mm -hmm. able to function appropriately. And you're like, yeah, that's right. That's what's going on, right? So it's like, it's yeah. still... John's point is still, it is absolutely true that you have to have these other things first and let's, then the other let, pieces. You know, for example, if someone gets to the point where like, I want to... I'm I'm on my fourth marathon. I want to wear a plated shoe because I want to break four hours or whatever. If the plated shoe, if when they run in it, it doesn't disappear under their foot, that shoe is going to give them a really hard time after about 30K. Absolutely. Yep. The shoe has to do, even if it's plated, you need to take that shoe out in the parking lot and run for 30 seconds or a minute at your race pace and that shoe needs to disappear. It has to. Okay. Or yeah. else you're, I mean, I can get down with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even, even, yeah. Like, and you know, th thankfully lots of people are making, you know, high end plated racing shoes if that's your thing. But like the, the fundamental principles, They, I, they, they just, they, they just get covered over with dust. I think a lot sometimes. You oh, know we, I mean? we've had a very hard time with the base model. Yeah, very hard yeah. time. And I thought about that last week. Well, we learned it. a lot. This, and not to derail, but no. I'm just emphasizing your point is that I looked into the data, and we discovered that massive amount of our customers, a large portion of returning customers. So we have a great base. We have a great a great group of people that understand mm -hmm. what we're doing and why we're doing it. The new folks that get in, mm -hmm. those aren't as, um, we don't know as much about them. Right. 
and we don't know if they're educated and we don't know if they're beginner but we do know that they don't necessarily kind of uh get into the the club as quick as we thought that they were that's why i've been obsessing about education and in in the base model to me was a hole in one of an extension of the foot yeah. It was designed without an outsole because your foot's got like seven, ten, whatever, some thousand nerve endings on the foot. And I just tried to find a way to connect the ground to the foot. Yeah. And that was the best I could do. Um, put some foam on it, remove all the outsole so you don't sever that connection and just go. And don't put too much upper, make it a little bit, you know, just underbuild the shoe to be an extension. That was a tough sell. And it's a tough sell without the educational piece in it. So... Um, and I am so intrigued by that point that shoe should disappear on your foot is because I think we've done an absolute fabulous job at that. But the average person, whether they stay or whether they don't yeah. still ask, is there more? Cause this isn't as comfortable as some of my other shoes. Yeah. And that's a loaded question. We would have to talk in person about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, shoes, like, you know, this this stuff from when we started selling shoes, the shoes that are the standard shoes that everybody buys mm-hmm. are still the standard shoes that everybody buys. You just don't hear about them anymore, right? Pegasus, the 2100 se- or the 20 series from Asics, the Cumulus, all that kind of the, the Brooks Ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these shoes... Are still being made and they're still really good and better probably than they've ever been you just don't see them marketed as yeah. much you know what i mean it's a really cool point um yeah it's like there is a subset of the population that's using the plated shoes too often and for too much but it seems like a good number of people are recognizing that those are race yeah. shoes well mm-hmm. right well the think about like the big shoe reviewers on youtube or, or, you know, whatever. Um, when you, if you ever go look at one of their videos or whatever, are they reviewing the Brooks Ghost? Are they reviewing... Um, if it is, it's not getting the engagement. No, right. But that shoe's probably still the number one selling shoe in the market today. Uh, Don't you think? There may be a Hoka up there. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. Um, but those that it's it's just not sexy to sell those shoes right now because the people who were looking for protection from a shoe have now grown up and like know what they're going to get and they keep getting their ghost and all that kind of stuff the new people coming in are the people who fuel the industry right and they're all hot on 40 stack 40 millimeter carbon fiber shoes and even if they don't own them yet that's what they think the best running shoe is right when you work in the run and when you're working hey just give me the best shoe oh you know like, yeah. okay here is the here's new balance the 990, 990. <laughs> you know here's the 990 boy if you haven't run in one of these yeah this is beautiful it's so crush yeah and gray so, and maybe john can put his principles into the beginning of the field guide yeah. for beginners yeah it's in like all awesome of, idea 
uh, all that had, like the fundamentals has like that's all I've thought about really in about the last month. You know, it's not like I'm coaching anybody, so I can't mm-hmm. really present that. But I've all I've applied the stuff for years, but now like it's cool to boil it down. I bet yeah. After it's so cool. much time to distill it into well, I've just finally been able to put it down and write down what I've been doing, and um, you got diet, you have shoes, you have what oh, about training? Anything tra- oh, in the training. training, yeah, and training and in life, and so it it goes, you know, beyond the the scope of running, but yeah, it's. Um, you know, like with shoes, what was the very first thing most people who started running in the 70s and 80s learned? All you need is a half-decent pair of shoes. That's all you need. Now, that's, and that's almost, that's almost blasphemy, right? Because you need the best shoes and you need these $80 shorts with all the pockets and, you know, all this stuff. And it's, it's, it's almost like it's a different sport in that sense. Um, it's a hobby. It's, it's, hobby. it's, you know, and like we were talking, we've talked a couple times, like with the collaborations, if you're doing a collaboration with J crew, <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, that, 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 I mean, this is a, a really, really overused yeah. phrase, but that's kind of in the running industry. That's kind of a game changer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that it's become so mainstream that I love where your head goes with all this. Stuff. You know what's I, crazy? I'd like to see your your like Google searches <laughs> these days. You know, it would be it is crazy to me over the last five years um, since I got out of the shoe business was when I first left it and I was just leaving it on was you know the new new kids on the block figuring out how to. They're really interesting technology and what was going on with it and what was happening and thinking about that education piece, it was like, who's going to get it? Who's yeah. going to get it? I, two, uh, two years ago, come out of the pandemic and everybody at the grocery store is wearing ons. Yeah. So many people are wearing them and like they might be wearing them more than they're wearing hokas. Like, like. I don't know that they're running in them. It's like, where did it's, this, they, they how did, what did they do? How when, did that happen? When Federer and probably a bunch of other people dropped clearly a lot of cash, mm-hmm. right? Because before Federer came in, on had six models of shoes, right? Right Now they have 6,000, right? And they have hiking shoes and they have tennis shoes that you can use on the court. They have shoes obviously dedicated to lifestyle right they've got i mean they have as many shoes as anybody else and it's yeah it was crazy to me when i I, when i finally was looking down and going i understood hoka like hoka just makes sense it looks like a little cushy pluff plus little comfy bottom of your foot yeah (laughs) but on it was even when when they were in the market we were like how are we gonna do this and we liked the shoes they were like good shoes and it was like how are we gonna people got it and they started wearing them and there was this particular segment of the population that liked them and the people that didn't but now they're everywhere it's everywhere and i was like this is not something i would have predicted like well (laughs) remember originally when and on came came out and they the those their little pods it was the rubber on the bottom right. and the first thing we said to them was like eventually this is gonna have to go away yes you know that 
And they're like, oh no, this is, you know, because the guy had used a garden hose. Was that right. what it was? He cut yeah. up garden yeah. hoses. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, this is not a sustainable technology. You should have gotten some stock in the company <laughs> for that, and that advice. The then they blew it. Then they put it into the midsole. They made it the midsole. They, they made, made air the midsole. Like, yeah. Dude, there's, I see like in my neighborhood, um, like, you know, the young hip moms who walk in, you know, they're all wearing arms. They're all wearing those. What's the cloud monster? Yes. Yeah. I think it's because they, they initially called me because of the, the uppers were so quality. It was yeah. beautiful. Yeah, they were I was really like, good. Wow, this is like, this is a league above. It's that Swiss just, technology, man. Well, they were just beautiful. And they were fashion. They had a fashion. Yeah, they, they definitely had a fashion they forward sense. Like yeah. a Lululemon. And their logo is shoe. their logo is tight. Yeah, their logo is it's really super clean. tight. Yeah, yeah super yeah. tight. Yeah, yeah, it just fit. They had that cool Euro look that nothing nothing else had, and it was really really cool. And but yeah, they have just blown. And I'm sure. Federer and all the other people who bought in are just like, yeah, we did okay. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> you know. Oh, I'm sure. It helps to, they went public. And... Well, now they have, they've reached the point where, you know, they're sponsoring like top athletes yeah. and all that stuff. Oh, they're, they're, they sponsor the best coach, the best young coach in the business. And he gets the best athletes because they've got unbelievable packages that they're putting together for those people. Yeah. I mean, the people that are coming into that program, they're the number one. I mean, they had Helen O'Beary come over. I mean, I think she's, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if she's in on yet or not, but she, was, she but she was coaching, being coached by Dathan. And then, you know, that, that was the day I was like, okay, I already knew that they were going to be really good because Dathan knows his stuff and he's been through it all. And he was coached by the best, whether you like him or not, he was the best American distance coach ever, in my opinion. But you don't have to like him, but he still was. He got new as shit in in Alberta. But he he got all that intel. He knows yeah. all that, and he ran with the second or third best coach in the world. With, right. I mean, in Wetmore, who was so important and he was crucial, and so he's got a lot of really good knowledge. But those athletes that he's getting are not slouches. They are unbelievably yeah. good athletes, and they're performing at a very high level right out of the box. I mean, their performance at the Olympics and the World Championships yeah. was shocking for many people. And they had a disappointing, I think, World Championship. They had a they had a little bit of a disappointing meet, but they're they're going to be really really good. In fact, I think the bunch. Well, I of think them, too. Like I remember here, here like seeing like, oh, they, it was. A, they had a really disappointing world. So I was like, it was the first year they were in existence. Exactly. Like, like they, one guy did, oh, Ollie, Ollie Orr didn't make the final or something right. because he just, just, that's yeah. just what happens sometimes. But yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. I don't know. It's like, I was, I, I felt this weird kind of homesickness all week because of TRE just from the energy and the buzz. But I knew like, I mean, I just don't have the, I just don't have the energy to do three days of that kind of stuff anymore, but it's just so well, You'd have fun. to buy your way in too, it's unless so you know fun. somebody because you know, it's expensive to get it's into so that place. It's expensive ticket. It, it is. It's like, it's crazy how expensive it is. I have a feeling we'll end up there next year. Yeah. You know, um, I remember the first few TREs, remember back 
And there was one TRE that I swear... They were in, like, Florida first, right? There was one in Florida right. they had because they had to move it to Florida, and that one was janky. We went to that. It yeah, was, and then they came to Austin and started coming to Austin consistently because our weather is, like, there was perfect this time of year. There was one TRE that coincided with, I swear... It what's um, the running club with the drinking the drinking club with the running problem? Oh, uh, the um, on I mean uh, the, on on yeah uh, yeah uh, the what is it? hash house hash house harriers hash, yeah with the international hash hash house harriers convention in Austin, <laughs> dude people, it was cr- I mean so there's tons of runners in town right, people. You wake up in the morning to go for your Hashers, run. Man. <laughs> People in red dresses, like everywhere, laying on lawns, just pat. It was, it was so much. Like those are the early days, but it's much more business like now. It was. Yeah. It was a fun year. Yeah, I, I think it was clearly spawned some good conversation, and I uh, I couldn't get it out of my head. I wish yeah. I wish I would have had you there as a as a running crew buddy because I know we could have done some damage. I. Admittingly, I just I can't walk into people's booths and just be like, oh. So, was there anything you saw there that you could put your finger on and be like, okay, this was like I would buy this epic. Hmm. Oh, I think so. I do. I like I said. I I just got to tip my hat. I. It's also epic. Mizuno's got some crazy shit. What? (laughs) Yeah, it's cool, man. It's. But it's it's all super shoe stuff, oh, and yeah. it's like it's got a scalloped heel, and it, you know it's just it, it's great. Well, I'll, I'll show you later. I was like looking at it, and I was like, this is something crazy. But it, you know the the Nike portfolio is always just so fabulous. Like they they just do such a good job. I, it's it's all it's all amazing. Yeah. It really all is, and but. Yeah, I don't, and I'm not, definitely not pessimistic, but I do have an opinion that it all started because COVID, when when people started air freighting the shoes over because they needed quantities faster or they needed something quick, that became a standard. A lot of companies are air freighting and that'll add five, Ten whatever dollars to the price yeah. of the shoe, and so the the price has gone. I've seen the price in the past year go up yeah. at least twenty dollars. It's on like the property values in Austin. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 like <laughs> yeah. I mean, people don't bat an eye. A good shoe is one hundred forty dollars, you know, or something like that. It's like okay, well, it, it used to be a lot. So what I, what I'm seeing is. Now that the now that you're seeing some of that stabilization, people can either air freight or, you know, send containers over via ships or whatever. Like choices anybody's now. I'm not saying that my my conspiracy theory is that it was expensive to do business during COVID. It's getting a little bit more reasonable. Price of containers have dropped by over half. Mm-hmm. Price of um, General freight is dropping and production timelines are getting faster. But the athlete is now okay with paying a lot of money for shoes. So we're seeing a bunch of investment into uh, 
aesthetic qualities. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I do think that there's a lot of what we've seen before at a higher quality. Um, yeah. And I believe it. I, I just did because, because we can work into that price point. You might as well use it 10 extra bucks to put something beautiful in a shoe that wasn't there before. And, um, but what you're not seeing is an emphasis on the, the daily driver mid stack, yep. you know, extension of the foot style movement. Yep. And it, to me, it's just really interesting. I actually well, think it's going to pivot. I, I do too. And I think like, if you look at, let's say the top selling shoe from each brand, it's probably going to be that go-to everyday trainer, even mm -hmm. though marketing focuses on everything else. The number one selling shoe is probably going to be like a ghost or something like that, right? Yeah. I think now, if they're going to reinvest the dollars into the aesthetic of the shoe, now you have to make the daily trainer look super fucking sexy. Oh, yeah. It can't look like a soccer mom shoe anymore. Right. It just, I mean, I look at, no, it's got to have, I'll scroll through and look at all the day, you know, and stuff. I'm like, are you kidding me? These are, they're, they're borderline orthopedic looking. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I don't mean that in a bad way because the, the look hasn't changed, but now the perception is that these it's are, it's gotta be cool. They yeah. just gotta make look. them sexier. Yeah. You just gotta make them. Yeah. You know, Sculpt the midsole. You know who did a good job with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sketchers did. Yeah, they did. Um, they always had beautiful looking daily trainers. Yeah. It was awesome. The Razor was so cool. I just but loved that shoe. It, I, I think that's what it, you, I think that's the next thing is re, a return to fundamentals, but presented differently. Yeah. Because I think so. That's a good not, call. I mean, if I were, you know, a 28 year old guy who's deciding to pick up running because I'm getting near 30 and I want to get in shape and all this kind of stuff and stress from work. And I was going into it and like, no, you need this shoe. I'm like, that looks like my aunt's walking shoe <laughs> because it is, yeah. you know what I mean? No, Just I, make it sexier. That's all. They want you. They want it to look like the Tesla. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Build a Tesla <laughs> model, whatever yeah. it is. Dude, yeah. Because, Fundamentally, dude, that thing's a go-kart, <laughs> you know? And it's an electric go-kart. It's an electric go-kart. Um, make a ghost or a peg, you know, Pegasus is starting to look pretty sexy, I'll admit. But um, just make, make, the, make the basic shoes look super cool, you know? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, yeah. Maybe I am optimistic about that. So that's, that seems where it's going. I am. Yeah, it's. It, I think that's where we'll start seeing an emphasis on that this year. Return to normalcy, and uh, but but still trying to make things look yeah. look great again and get people excited. Because yeah. at the end of the day, the gear is fun. Oh, it's totally fun. You know, and Timberlake can make the song. You know, getting sexy back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, sorry I hijacked the conversation. I'm glad today. you did because that this is I so talk, much fun like this. I want to talk about your thoughts on collaborations down the road, and and I was thinking about it, and I have I don't. What were y'all talking about in the email thread, real quick? What were we talking about? 
Oh, I was talking about no, um, the the club. club about club about the difference, the education and the oh, yeah. competition, and how we how is distance running in America behind what's going on in Europe. And John is referencing a model that Europe has always had, which is more of a club-based model. And the gotcha. U.S. is an education-based model. It goes through the collegiate system. Um, and I would love to go oh. into this conversation yeah, because okay. it's, uh, it's one I was buried in, in both as an athlete and as a coach. Sure. And, and have a lot of insights on the club system in the U.S. and how was dysfunctional it used to be but now how functional it seems to be becoming now a little bit more and then also that i every european that of the of any middling level comes here <laughs> so yeah. it, it, as much as it might seem better over there it's yeah. like they still show up here or now some of them are going to are going actually to Kenya because right. a lot of them are going to Kenya because yep. it's cheaper and there's a way to do it and there's a it's yep. not viewed as unsafe and those right. kinds of things but cool. that's a wonderful topic that we can get into which is going to create some need for education because not everybody's going to understand the the, the the level that John and I are kind of immediately yeah, jumping into the conversation. I wanted at. to acknowledge that right off the bat. It was like, yeah. oh, this is going to be something new for me. So. Yeah, and it's it, it, the basic idea is what's the best way to build a perfect a athlete? And then what is a country's responsibility slash um, interest in doing so? You know, the U.S. has uh, USATF. This is a whole nother part of that conversation, Jeez. but the governing body for our sport has offloaded that responsibility to the collegiate system. And John is seemed to be, you were railing a little against the system and yeah. saying, hey, is this really the best situation that yeah. we can come up with? And the answer is no, but it's the system we have because yeah. US, USATF has fucking abdicated from their job. Right. They've, they're paying their CEO millions of dollars to go play golf and not do anything towards anything really productive with the sport. All it is is just trying to keep Nike in the pole position and not trying to change what's going on with our sport. And we have the coolest, sexiest, most badass sport. If you take the whole sport of track and field, it doesn't get any better. You've got triple jump, pole vault, distance running, throwers. sprinting, throwers. We got it all. We've got the fucking circus, dude. And we, and we should be able to tell those stories incredibly well. And that's where our country is so far behind. But luckily we've got, the sport is so cool because it's got all these personalities that are made like Shikari Richardson. Like, I'm sorry, but for a little while there last summer, it was, she was all over everywhere. Yeah. She was the most talked about athlete at the time. At the time. And, and almost any sport. And she was getting finally somebody to pay attention to on ESPN. Of course, then she got busted for smoking dope. Like, what, how do you get... In trouble for smoking dope in this day and age <laughs> and she was in a state that is legal it's like why are we still yeah. doing this and we're punishing a person anyway i could go off on days and days on that those sounds topics, like a fun but, conversation i'd yeah. like to get well, into that one well, well cool well maybe we'll do it next one or the one after that we'll see but um i also want to do the collab thing because i don't know anything about that like to me that's a yep. super interesting thing because i'm not um i'm not hip to those to even what's going on with that and how that could be both I could see it would be really interesting to get an education on how it could be beneficial and how it's 
hurting the industry. Like I could see both sides. I, of yeah. That. I don't know that it hurts the industry. I just think it, it appears as a marker in time that means running has now achieved a certain ubiquity mm. because now running is cool enough that J Cruz customers will go, that's a running brand and it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it just means it's, it's like an it? historical marker more than anything. Sure. Yeah, that'd be a fun one too. Yeah, yeah I think so. I, it's going to be hard I want to see collab. I want to see collabs with like global level artists, not like other retailers. I want to see collabs with like Stanley Whitney or you know the Deep and Corn Demon Corn Foundation. Yeah, you know something like that where you're like, dude, I want a shoe with a painting on it. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> not yes. not another logo. Yes. You know or a, I mean? a shoe that has its song, its own song that everybody knows, right? Like yeah. you're like like jamming with it. Yeah. It yeah. comes with a with a free song. Yeah, exactly. Are you guys still living in the nineties? Dude. Musically. Yeah. I, I, like, I've, I've been ruined. Yeah. This morning on my walk, I was listening to Time Out of Mind by Dylan. I'm like, this might be the very best Dylan album of all time. I'm like, how is it the 1997? I'm like, still in the 90s, guys. It, like, it has been cool. I introduced uh, over the last week, I think you brought up Squeeze a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I introduced the boys to Squeeze, and they were like, oh, yeah, this is cool. It's good. Yeah, and it's then, t- totally poppy, very much 80s coming back. Dude, 90s I remember, back. <laughs> you know, like, that, that was, what, 82 or something yeah, like that? Yeah. I remember for, like, that would, I would have been in middle school, waking my alarm would go off or whatever, and I swear, every other morning it was a Squeeze song waking me up for years. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Um, and then I introduced the boys to Psychedelic Furs. Oh, yeah. And they had knew they knew them a little bit from Pretty in Pink. Yeah, but I introduced them to the original version of Pretty in Pink, mm. which is a lot rougher. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not polished. You know, what I and heard? they were like, man, this. But maybe we should do '80s next because I was listening to a little Echo and the Bunnymen the other day, oh. and I was like, whoa, little Joy Division kind of thing going on. Yeah. But they got, got this of, '80s. I, I would be <laughs> pro '80s right now because the '90s for me. I was actually a heavy few weeks because it was like, ooh, the 90s. Like, it was, yeah. it, it just brought a lot, a, a lot up for me. So, getting back into the 80s and, uh, you know, just. And 80s are so cool was, right now. So, yeah. they are, they've been cool for like five years. I want, they've had like their longer than normal, like, window of, of shelf life of the return of the yeah. of a of a of oh, it's a, happening yeah. I, I normally don't pay attention to you know like the generational sartorial differences <laughs> but you know what is back with the high school kids and i don't know what they're called you know those pants that look like skirts their the pants their legs are like, is that oh, what yeah. they're called yeah kids are wearing those again <laughs> I'm like, like, dude, those were like the outfit in Eugene when I lived there, like in the nineties, it was like, they were like, they're humongous. They look like skirts. Yes. And I'm like, all the people who wore those back then are in jail. (laughs) You should not be emulating. (laughs) You should not be emulating that. But I mean, that's a joke. The only thing I've told my kids that they cannot do is that what's that? uh, I don't even know what you described. It's like, the white face with the black and the black hair and all the black and it's like Scandinavian death metal Goth. stuff. Goth. Goth. I was like, if you come in with that, no, that's it. But your, girl, else, but your girlfriend can't. Yeah. But your girlfriend, your girlfriend can't because that's sexy. Because that's cool, yeah. Or your boyfriend, whatever. Exactly. But, yeah. 
All right, guys. Yep. That was Thank cool. you, guys. Hey, it was good. good to conversation. It was good to get back together. Yeah.